Good morning and welcome to another episode of Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. We are coming to you after having seen Distant Worlds, which is a concert dedicated to the music of Final Fantasy. Connor and I saw that on Saturday. We had a really, really great time. Probably the last outdoor concert we're going to have this season. Yeah, probably. It's uh, starting to get a little bit cool and a a little bit dark, a little bit earlier. Uh, So, unfortunately, the the season is coming to a close out there at the Blossom Music Center. But uh, we had a a wonderful time. Yeah, I Uh, mean, what a way to close it. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to be bringing you uh, music from Distant Worlds, which is a series of concerts and albums that have been put together, uh, symphonic renditions uh, of, of Final Fantasy music. And I have to kind of pause there because the earlier Final Fantasy games obviously were on Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and then later, you know, PlayStation, so on and so forth. So the soundtracks for those have evolved over time, but it sounds funny now to say orchestrations of Final Fantasy music because as technology has advanced and ha- and as the the art form of video game soundtracks has also advanced we are now at a place where a lot of video game soundtracks are not all that distinguishable from film scores mm. uh, being recorded by orchestras as opposed to you know as opposed to being to using synthesizers having choirs it's really become an incredibly cinematic experience Mm. and for people like myself who are very interested in film scores and video game scores it's been really exciting to watch that evolution take place and also to see uh, arrangers go back and transform 8-bit music into fully orchestrated versions Mm. Uh, that was one thing that um that I always enjoyed about Final Fantasy VII was hearing that soundtrack, and and you know back back in the nineties um, <laughs> when uh, it was on PlayStation and and composer Nobuo Uematsu did a great job. Mm. The, the soundtrack for Final Fantasy VII is iconic, but I just remember listening to it and thinking like, man, this would be so amazing if if it was orchestrated. And at the time, people were like, oh, that's crazy. That'll never happen. Well, here we are in 2023, and we are hearing the music as probably as it was intended you know, mm. to be heard. And it's just a beautiful experience. Yeah, it's been uh, wonderful to see the, the development of video games as an art form, you know, in the same manner as, um, you know, cinema animation even music you know it's interesting because i was reading something on i think it was reddit and i guess roger ebert at one point said that uh he he did not believe that video games were art and he kind of saw people you know gamers as being Mm -hmm. kind of like petulant and trying to demand you know respect for their for their games demand respect and 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 call it art and he said that he did not see it that way and i know Mm. that you're an ebert fan Mm. Uh, but i do find myself wondering if he was with us today if he would have conceded a little bit at this point based on on what we're seeing now i think yeah in the case of ebert who who i i was always a fan of even if i did not always agree with his um with his criticism or his critique of certain films um i uh, i I did always appreciate the um uh his, his approach to to uh to film criticism 
um, you know, by his own by his own admission, uh, you know, he he was by no means uh, a, a, a someone who could who could who could judge someone for making a bad movie. He wrote the screenplay for uh, Return to the Valley of the Dolls. I oh, think. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, you know, he 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 understood that um, you could try very hard and still fail. Uh, in saying that, his his. Um, his his critique of movies that he found very bad. Uh, his reviews were always very in, were always very entertaining. Uh, uh, the, the review for North, if you ever get a chance. Oh, oh God, yes. <laughs> uh, but I also uh, would say uh, he, if he were around today, and you know, w- was able to see the the developments in video game technology and the sheer breadth of uh, new voices as the ability to make games has become in many ways um, democratized. Uh, I think his opinion would probably be um, a little less judgmental. Um, you know, at the time that he was speaking, he was, you know, it was probably in a period of time, you know, where you had you had the occasional game like um you know like um mutter mm-hmm. uh you know or uh or, or maybe some of the you know some of like the ultimate games you know these games which had like a certain sense of story and and maybe a sense of scale but when you say the game mother are you referring to earthbound earthbound okay. yeah I couldn't, as it was called in the u.s i couldn't remember earthbound so i just went with mutter because <laughs> uh, i'm i uh, i'm i'm uh bohemian like that uh i'm a hipster that way but um yeah i mean if you if you think about it uh there there weren't a whole ton of Games that you could point to as as having a sort of um, emotional, you know, development or, or or plot, sort of like you know, or or sort of like the 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 through the through line that mm-hmm. you could see in you know in the case of of Ebert, a, you know, a great film. Um, I, I think if you were to go back in time, you know, like the Final Fantasy series was one of the few examples of, of, of a game series that, that that could do that or at the very least was trying to do that and um, just was waiting for the technology to catch up you know I, I don't think it caught up really until you know until later in 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 the series I, I think it's why a lot of people look back at Final Fantasy 7 as such an you know, epochal, epochal type game. You know, as, as such a an an, a, an essential title in the history of video game development, more than any of the Final Fantasy games that came before or or since. Yeah, six might give it a run for its money. I have not played six, but a lot of a, a lot of Final Fantasy aficionados that I have spoken with speak very highly of six. And uh, six is kind of interesting too because people often. Uh, speak about the music. There is a scene in Six where you're you're playing a character, and I do not know the reason why, but she has to sub in for an opera singer, mm. and you actually perform the opera. Like you have to choose, you have to remember what the lines are, and the, like the quest is to get through this act in an opera, and so you actually. And, and, you know, yes, this was uh, Super Nintendo, so they couldn't really record human voices. Mm. Uh, but they used, they did the best they could with the technology they had to kind of, like, approximate a little bit. Um, but we are 
again, uh, we are now in a place where that whole thing has actually been orchestrated, that scene. It has been turned into an opera scene. Wow. Yeah, and I do not know, like, I don't know if it's Italian or French or what they're singing in, but they, they took the lyrics and they translated them into, you know, a language, and now you can hear that, that aria performed by opera singers and get the full effect that, that the game creators and the composer was probably hoped they could achieve. Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I think you mentioned something um, that uh, I found, um, you know, that that was quite profound. Is that as the technology has become uh, more and more uh, extensive, and we are seeing like the development of of, of graphics and and sound in games, um, the original artistic vision for Final Fantasy. You know the original sort of paintings that depicted these characters that you would then be turned into sort of like eight bit uh, characters for yeah. for Nintendo. Um, we are now seeing a closer a closer rendition of that original artistic vision, uh, which is very exciting. And I think that the uh, the Distant Worlds series of concerts and and, and records really um, hammers that home you know you have these classic video game themes and and leitmotifs that now are kind of given the proper orchestral um, uh, presentation that always existed in the mind of the fans and the composers yeah uh, whether it's uh, Yoshi Takamano's art being you know brought to life now on on small screens all over the world or like you said, you know, the, the final kind of realization of, of these compositions. It's very cool to see video games kind of get their due. Mm. And a uh, little, slight little bit of, of schadenfreude from me, from, <laughs> from all those people who are like, oh, video games are dumb. They'll never be anything more than, you know, do, 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 do. Which there, uh, there are also orchestral, oh, yeah, 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 there's exactly. orchestral versions of the Super Mario theme. And they're fun. Yeah, they're They're a great. lot of fun. Um, but we're going to be bringing you a lot of video game music, a lot of it from Distant mm-hmm. Worlds, a lot of it from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> it's it's my favorite Final Fantasy game. Not that I played a ton of them, but it was the it was the game that got me started mm. in Final Fantasy. But it was also the game that got me started in role playing games. Mm. Like even before I, I knew of Dungeons and Dragons, um, probably more as a you know a dangerous thing that you shouldn't mess with. You know. <laughs> Uh, because it'll, you know, it'll it'll make you worship Satan. It's a far out game. Yeah, um, but but I think you know that Final Fantasy VII was the first game that I played, the first role playing game ever, full stop. Mm. That really got me intrigued about the possibilities of of storytelling because when you when you play a, a an RPG, a role playing game, whether it's on a tabletop or on a computer, it is a storytelling game. You have to make choices. Those choices can affect the the outcome of the game yeah and that was something that just really fascinated me because it was this amazing amalgamation of of writing and and theater and improvisation and and chance yeah. you know because like, the, the role of the dice or the role of the computer algorithm whatever it happens to be and i'll always owe the series that debt um that uh, you know i i, I never I, I'm in so many tabletop games now, uh, which are kind of kind of digi- digital because we we play over Discord and Roll mm. Twenty uh, because we play with people all over the country. But yes, if it was not for Final Fantasy VII, I would not have found my my creative home. Mm. 
Well, let's go ahead then and uh, continue. Let's go ahead then and play a little bit more music from Distant Worlds, uh, starting now with the main theme of Final Fantasy VII.
BFF.FM is based on a simple model. We do something really well, and then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Every great song you hear on BFF.FM comes through the support of listeners who appreciate the local community treasure that BFF.FM is and want to help ensure it continues playing for everybody. When you consider the power of independent local music, it keeps your day in tune. This vital service so dependent on listener support deserves your support today. Donate now at BFF.FM.
Welcome back to Third Country Radio on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. Uh, Katie and Connor here, hoping you're having a wonderful Thursday morning or any time of the day if you're listening to us on demand at BFF.fm. We are playing uh, a series of music here from Distant Worlds, uh, orchestral arrangements of the music of Final Fantasy. Uh, Katie and I went to see Distant Worlds uh, just this past Saturday evening with a dear friend of ours, and the three of us had a a wonderful evening uh, listening to the uh, Akron uh, Orchestra with the uh, Cleveland um, Choir. Uh, yeah, Cle- yeah, Cleveland Orchestra Chorus. Cleveland Orchestra Chorus working together uh, to uh, present a, a wonderful show of music uh, all evening. Uh, you just heard uh, several pieces uh, by Distant Worlds. Um, all of their music can be found uh, online. We're big supporters of going to Bandcamp, so you can purchase and give your money directly to the artists rather than, uh, you know, uh, a billionaire who doesn't need it, really. Uh, yeah, a, a billionaire who builds rockets to the moon and has now implemented something where... I'm so mad about this. Uh, Amazon Music. If you, if you want to, like, play music that you own mm-hmm. without shuffling it... You have to sign up for Unlimited, which is yeah. their like subscription service. It's uh, yeah, I ain't doing it. Yeah, yeah, I, I already subscribed to one music service. I don't need to subscribe to another one for the privilege of being able to play an album in the order it was intended. <laughs> die mad about that. Um, so with that in mind, uh, yeah, we uh, we we are, are big supporters of going directly to the artists, and we hope that you uh, find something here that uh, you'll enjoy enough that you'll want to go out and purchase it yourself. Uh, you, especially if you're a Final Fantasy fan, you just heard uh, the main theme of Final Fantasy VII, followed by uh, Liberi Fatali. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was from uh, Final Fantasy VIII, and uh, from Final Fantasy VI, Dancing Mad. Uh, Katie, you're, you're you're more familiar with the Final Fantasy series than I am. Uh, it must be said. You said that the Dancing Mad was like the it was it was like the theme or like the the music you hear when you're facing some like deranged clown yeah the the villain of final fantasy 6 is kefka Mm. i do not know if kefka is an actual literal clown but apparently his his design is very reminiscent reminiscent of such and a lot of final fantasy aficionados will talk about how kefka is this you know was like like a terrifying villain this this you know this this madman who I do not know the full story of Final Fantasy VI, but destroys the world, uh, <laughs> forcing you to to remake it again. Um, I have my own theories about which villain is the most frightening one in the Final <laughs> Fantasy series. Uh, you can probably guess if you are a Final Fantasy fan, given my love for <laughs> for seven, which which villain that would be. Uh, but given the the amount of of love that people have. Uh, for that particular villain, I, I, I said, you know, I'm not really familiar, but we'll we'll put it on there. So yeah. that way, if uh, if you're listening out there and you're a big fan, you know, I wanted to make sure that you were included. Uh, and I do have to say, the song that we started off that set with, uh, the main theme, uh, that's actually the theme when you're just running around on the map. Oh, lovely. Yeah, whenever you're on the map screen, that, that full thing plays. And sometimes I would just run around on the map or I'd, I'd, or it stands still because if you run around you can have random encounters yeah. and sometimes I just wanted to hear the theme so I just stand there and listen to the whole thing you know move very slowly Aww. Um, but 
to this day, like sometimes if I'm getting ready to go on a road trip or go on like a long walk, that song will actually enter my head because it's, you know, setting off on the road to adventure. That's beautiful. Thank you. I love that. Uh, so we are going to play more music from Distant Worlds uh, this morning. Uh, it's it's remarkable how, how quickly uh, time flies when you're enjoying this great work. Uh, but the development of video game music uh, is uh, is not just contained to one series of games. Uh, you know, we've we've kind of touched on this before in uh, our previous show where we played uh, quite a bit of music from various video game soundtracks. Um, this week we are kind of focusing more on RPGs, CRPGs, uh, stuff like Final Fantasy and, um, you know, uh, isometric RPGs that we, you know, we grew up enjoying, you know, and like uh, like the Baldur's Gate series, of which you will hear some, some music. Um, but one of the sort of biggest role-playing games um, of the last, oh man, maybe 10 years... Uh, if not more, mm-hmm. uh, certainly one of the most modded uh, role-playing games <laughs> of the last decade or two uh, is, of course, uh, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. And it has a remarkable soundtrack, uh, a beautiful score, which um, I think, Katie, you, you would agree, exemplifies just how far video game soundtracks have come from the early days of you know 8-bit or 16-bit MIDI music kind of playing on this extended loop now we have full pieces uh, exploring uh, a specific area or theme like something to to something that that that, uh, encapsulates the the atmosphere of, of just simply one small location or, or a single moment in, in a game that we might not return to. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack for Skyrim, for uh, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, I should uh, I should just state that. <laughs> um, I think that was the first soundtrack that I heard, uh, and it was you know many years ago now, that was kind of purpose composed this way. There, there had been other games, obviously, mm. that, that had, you know, orchestrated soundtracks. Mm. Um, I just, I was not playing them at the time. Mm. I, I, uh, I kind of fell away uh, from computer games for a little while, um, partially just because uh, I did not, I, I'm not somebody who goes out to buy gaming computers. Like, if I have a computer, it's for kind of home use, and yeah. I will play games on it, but I'm not like a, a gamer. I'm not a computer gamer, so to speak. And so I, I think I missed out probably on quite a few good soundtracks, but this was the first one that I heard that it's like, okay, so this soundtrack, you know, it's, it's, it's or- orchestrated and it was not orchestrated after the fact, like the Final Fantasy series in many cases. And so I, I thought that what I was going to get was like kind of the, the computerized orchestra, the synthesizer that has orchestral sounds in it mm. that, that is serviceable, but if you're a weirdo audiophile like type person like me like you can you can hear a fake string section and, and you know distinguish it from a, a live string section mm. it's one of those things that kind of unfortunately um there, there are certain cds that i can't listen to because it starts to like green on me after a while it's not real <laughs> uh but i i figured it'd be something kind of like that and i was stunned um when i heard that soundtrack and i realized no no they they got a full orchestra for this. This isn't a string quartet. It isn't, you know, somebody with a small, you know, 
a small group of, of musicians and then augmenting, you know, technologically. This is this is clearly a full orchestra. This is clearly a full choir. Mm. And uh, the song that we're going to be playing next uh, doesn't make use of that. Well, it, do, it does. Um, not in a bombastic way. But it's a, it's a really beautiful song. And what I find kind of interesting about it is that it features the hammer dulcimer. Mm. And... I am a big old nerd, so there is at least one Hammer Dulcimer uh, player that I follow on Instagram. Uh, she goes by Lady Victoria, and she travels all around the country going to Renaissance fairs. And she and other Renaissance fairs performers have actually uh, brought this song into their repertoire. Uh, presumably people have been, either people have requested it enough times that they've been like, okay, I'll figure out how to play it, or they were just struck by it. Mm. And this is an odd parallel to draw, but... It reminds me of a an article that I read uh, several years ago. There was some controversy, I think, in San Francisco because uh, somebody had had complained. Uh, they they were you know subscribers to the the orchestra and they complained that outdoor concerts, you know, people didn't understand proper concert decorum and there were kids running around and there were people talking and and on one hand I get that because when you go to the orchestra you want to hear the orchestra. You don't want to hear somebody's loud conversation or like you know be like kind of. Pulling, you know, pulling your blanket up out of the way of kids running in front of you, things like that. Like, I, I get it. You go to listen to music. But the person who wrote the article brought up kind of an interesting counterpoint and talked about how today we see classical music as this very refined and, and cultured thing. This mm. is, you know, there there are protocols involved. You you have to wear certain clothes, you know, the nicest clothes that you can. You, you are expected to be quiet. You are expected, you know, to know where to clap. That's something that... that uh, trips people up a lot but they pointed out that you know the the concert that was written about uh was a concert of of bach Mm. and this person who i believe is a music historian talked about how bach was originally you know music for for church you know rich patrons uh, paid him to perform it but that music was also performed in taverns it was performed in public spaces Mm. and so in some ways, the, you know, box music is even more authentic when it's in a public space where there are people <laughs> running around, where there are people talking, where there are kids crying. And so I find it kind of interesting that we have this song that is coming from a, again, a, a composer who was given money by a, we could say, patron, uh, a corporation in this case, but, you know, a, a wealthy benefactor who said, I need music written for this work of art. Yeah. And now parts of that music are entering into arenas where it is performed publicly in a place where you're not sitting down formally to hear it. And I think that's just kind of a fascinating cycle of how music travels around and becomes known. There are probably people at Renaissance fairs who know the song Ancient Stones, think that it's an original composition or that it's an old song, don't realize that it was written for a video game where you fight dragons. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and, and play that piece for you now, uh, <laughs> as well as a few other pieces from the Skyrim soundtrack. Composed by Jeremy Sewell, this is Ancient Stones. Thank you. 
always amazes me how the right composer in the right place at the right time can take you somewhere you've never been before. You are listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. You heard a three-song set there from The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, original game soundtrack by composer Jeremy Sewell. We started that off with Ancient Stones and then followed up with The Streets of Whiterun. After that, you heard uh, Sauvengarde, which is a, a an amazing choral piece. Mm. And, and that's one thing that I think is really cool that we're now starting to see in video game soundtracks is now that, that technology allows it, we can have human voices in video games and not just uh, the hardworking you know, individuals who, who do the voices for video game characters, although they do an amazing job. Mm. Uh, but also, you know, vocal performers, musical vocal performers, we can have, you know, it, it used to be that you would go into a tavern in like the little 8-bit time <laughs> and they'd have a little, you know, a little tavern loop going and it was great, it was fun. But now you can, in video games, you can go into a tavern or, or wherever you can go into a, a bar, you can go into... A, uh, an entertainment venue and they can have actual performers there in the venue singing and playing instruments and that's just wild to me um, and, and also being a, a former choir person myself it's always really great to hear really well done choral music and that particular piece definitely ranks up there for me. Mm, absolutely. It, there's actually, you just reminded me when you were mentioning, like, you know, how you would go into, like, the tavern and it, have, it would have, like, the just repeating tavern, ta- in, tavern music, you know, uh, quote-unquote generic tavern music or generic bar music if you were playing something a bit more modern. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, nowadays you can go in and you'll just hear actual singers singing actual songs. Yeah. And it reminded me of um, a song that uh, I quite like. It's very, very well done. It's from the Dragon Age Inquisition uh, game called Sarah Was Never. Oh, yes, that song. That's a lovely song. The very funny thing about it is um, the character of Sarah... <laughs> is in Dragon Age Inquisition and if she hears that song she will actually like make comment of it (laughs) about how silly it is (laughs) which is just remarkable if she's like in your group you know yeah yeah and that's that's one of the joys of of role-playing games and Mm. and uh you've told stories before of characters in games that you've been in uh ending up doing something some famous deed and then songs being sung about them yes my my favorite is uh so uh, back when I lived in Toronto, um, I, I ran a Pathfinder game, and uh, one of my players, Dave, uh, he uh, he played a, a halfling, uh, a halfling rogue uh, called Fred, and he was very, you know, he was very clear, just Fred, only Fred. And um, one evening they were on a river boat, and he kind of got hypnotized by a selkie. That was going to try to grab him and, and pull him under underwater, and uh, he managed to. He's he 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 was he was getting so into it, like he had, he got hypnotized with his selkie. He pulled out his lute and started uh, started like playing her a song, and uh, the hypnotism got broken. He was no longer charmed, and he didn't have any weapons out, and. Uh, he broke his loot trying to trying to hit the selkie so the only thing he could he could do that was that was left to him was he he punched this this selkie with you know just like one little halfling punch 
and uh, it knocked the Selkie out and she fell back into the water. And from then on, the rest of the crew just referred to him as One Punch Fred, <laughs> which infuriated the character. <laughs> and then later on, once they got to a town, Fred needed to, you know, this was this was quite some time in game. Fred needed to buy a new loot because his old one was damaged. So they go to speak to uh, a, 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 a tradesman who sells them and is trying to sell them on the quality of his loot and plays a song called The Ballad of One Punch Fred. <laughs> what, what did Fred do at that point? Uh, he, was, uh, he, he was not pleased. Uh, the rest of the party thought it was very funny. <laughs> They used his celebrity status to get him a deal on the on the loot. <laughs> See, why can't real life be more like that? Yeah, I know, right? As we've been listening to this music and curating it for today's show, I've told Connor at least once, and why, why can't we just walk around and have a soundtrack, you know? Mm. Life would be so much more epic and so much more exciting if, you know, every time you went out to do, you know, I don't know, yard work or something, it wasn't just the sound of a lawnmower or hedge clippers or whatever. There was like the lawn, you know, the, the, the lawn, lawn work song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the lawn work song. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. My my workday would be a lot more bearable uh, if uh, <laughs> if I had if I had like fight music every time yeah. a particularly difficult uh, change or endorsement came through. <laughs> um, but um, having having taken a little uh, side trip to Skyrim, uh, we are going to return to to the world of Final Fantasy now, uh, playing you some more from the Distant Worlds uh, collection. Um, there are what is it six uh, yes, six I, albums for so. it now uh, of um, orchestral re- rearrangements of uh, Final Fantasy music, uh, done in collaboration with the with the original composers, which uh, which I think is great as well. Yes, absolutely. And um, we are uh, very pleased to to uh, play this next trio, starting with um, a, a track that uh, when I mentioned, "Hey, how about this one?" You're like, "Oh yeah, so cool!" <laughs> like uh, it is the it is the Turks team team yeah. from from Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Uh, what what is it about the the Turks that is so cool? Okay, um, so. In order to understand this, you have to understand in, in the gameplay. So this is really weird. Um, okay. So in Final Fantasy VII, there's a villainous organization. They are they are the Shinra Power Company. Yeah. And uh, they 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 are what it says on the tin. But um, this is a world of of late stage capitalism. So they they're the power company, but I believe they're also like your landlord mm. and you know your grocery store and everything else. Um, and beca- uh, they're also your government. Yeah. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are ostensible mayors, quote unquote, uh, in this sprawling city, which is essentially just a slum. But the real power behind the throne is this power company. And um, because they are the power behind the throne, they, they, have, they have heavies. Um, they have a kind of an elite strike team that shows up every so often to ruin your day. Uh, and they're referred to as the Turks. They all wear suits. Um, they all have like stun baton weapons. They can use magic. You know, they are they are they are enforcers. Yeah. And and you're you're not really supposed to like them, but the game developers decided to give each Turk a distinct personality. So you have um, 
So you have Zhang, and he's the, the serious leader. You have, I cannot remember her name, and that's terrible. Uh, you have the, the uh, girl recruit, who unfortunately is, is kind of ditzy, but we find out later that she has this big crush on Zhang. You have uh, Rude, who is this guy. He's got a shaved head. He wears sunglasses all the time. You encounter him in caves. He is still wearing his sunglasses. And then you have Reno, uh, who in, in the uh, English dubs, I think they give him... I can't remember if they give him a, a southern or kind of a, uh, like a New York accent or like a Chicago <laughs> accent. Uh, but he's got um, red hair with this long rat tail. And he is constantly... Uh, he is constantly being taken to task by uh, the rest of the members because he refuses to wear his uh, his suit to regulation. So, like, the shirt is untucked, the tie is undone. <laughs> um, and so you, you, you have to fight him, but you can't help but like him because on some level they, they like you, are a group of misfit screw-ups. Uh, and they have one of the best theme songs, one of the best leitmotifs in the game. And every time you hear it, you're just like, oh man, they're so cool. They're such jerks, but they're so cool. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and play that one right now. Uh, coming from uh, Final Fantasy VII, this is uh, Distant Worlds, and the uh, song is Turk's Team. <laughs>
beautiful, beautiful uh, piece of music right there here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. You're listening to Third Country Radio, and this week we are celebrating the music of Final Fantasy and uh, other RPGs that really exemplify how far um, the, uh, the that sort of orchestral, rich... Uh, theme music has come uh, since really the the early days of the Final Fantasy series up to now where there are these massive uh, full orchestral pieces you are listening to uh, samples from Distant Worlds music from Final Fantasy and uh, you just heard uh, Aerith's theme from Final Fantasy 7 before that you heard uh, Balam Garden Ami uh, that was from uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kicked things off there with the uh, Turks team from Final Fantasy Remake Seven. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a cool bunch of dudes. And are, are they bad enough dudes to protect the president of Shinra? And the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> They're just, they're just cashing a paycheck, you know. Yeah. Like, just cashing a paycheck and looking cool while they do it. <laughs> um, so we are we are enjoying a, a lot of this music. Um, I know we've mentioned this already. I I am not as familiar with the Final Fantasy series as uh, as Katie is. Um, I, I I have I have not finalized any fantasies. I'm afraid. Uh, whereas uh, Katie, I know you basically you 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 worked your way through uh, Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. and through through heck or high water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I wasn't really allowed to to play video games like during you know during the week. Um, and to be fair, I usually had a ton of homework and I had extracurriculars. So by the time I was done with all that, it was usually like after nine, sometimes in like, you know, 10 o'clock. Mm. So I wouldn't have had much time anyway, especially because my school started at 7 a.m., which meant I had to be up at five. Unacceptable. Yeah. Um, so really, I, I just I just power played whenever I could during the weekends. Yeah. And sometimes I'd have to wait for my parents to uh, stop watching Saturday Night Live. Like they, you know, they're like, you can play your game after we're done like watching the shows we want to watch and so like it'd be all right it is you know it is 12 30 it is time to game and like there would be nights that i'd stay up until like three wow. playing this game <laughs> and then go to bed <laughs> oh to have that energy again i know right i know <laughs> um so we want to make sure that we get these next few pieces uh on the show because we know we are we know we are running short uh time is finite and uh, we're already almost 90 minutes into wow. our show here uh but there is we we spoke earlier of, of the main villain of final fantasy 6 and how uh, to fans of the series they're you know they're recognized as a as a as a pretty major, memorable, dangerous villain of the series. But there is another villain, perhaps better known yeah. by even lay people such as myself, <laughs> who uh, has made quite the impact on, on a generation of people. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's somewhat ironic that we're going to be uh, playing some music related to, to that character here next, uh, especially after, after the last piece we just played yeah 
just a little poetic right there. Yeah, just a wee bit. Mm. Um, the villain that we are talking about, of course, is uh, Sephiroth, the the villain of Final Fantasy VII, um, who is kind of when you first when you first meet him when you first open the game and this is way back when when games looked like CDs and they came in little jewel cases and you had to pull the instruction manual out to look at it and it looked like you know the little booklets that you get for CDs. Mm. Um, he was in he was in the the booklet and you're yeah. like oh okay cool so like this is a, a playable character wow he looks awesome and for a hot minute he is kind of a playable character yeah um, in a flashback you and your character go back and it's kind of hilarious because. Um, your character, you know, fighting alongside Sephiroth, uh, will get punked out and killed in one hit, <laughs> and and Sephiroth will stand there and take absurd amounts of damage, <laughs> like like thousands of hit points worth of damage, and be totally fine, uh, and defeat the enemy. Um, but yeah, you you kind of start out and see. For me, you know, being very new to it, I was like, oh wow, this is really he looks really cool. I can't wait to see what he can do. And my boyfriend at the time, who was old hat, was like, yeah, he's 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 the villain. I'm like, well, how do you know? Because because you, you can just tell. Look at him. Like what? He's got cool long hair and he's got a big long sword and he's wearing like all black. It okay. <laughs> And and so yes, I don't think it's a spoiler at this point. No, uh, to know. But I think what what makes him so compelling, at least for me, is that his backstory is that he's he's basically this genetic creation uh, of this of this power company of Shinra Electric Power. Um, oh, because they have their own private army. That's another of, thing. Of yeah, 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 yeah. I, mean, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot to mention yeah. that. Um, but he is kind of the you know the the next generation kind of soldier. He is, uh, you know, so, some people fight for truth, justice in the American way. He kind of fights for, for whatever they send him off to do. And when we first meet him, he, seem, he seems, you know, pretty cool. He's, yeah. he's, he's you know, he's kind of pragmatic. Mm -hmm. But uh, then something happens and he kind of has a psychotic break. And so you realize that this corporation has created a super soldier who is extremely strong, extremely agile and fast, has a giant sword and uh, can also use magic, um, and is also infused with the uh, the like cells, the genetic code of a being who showed up thousands of years ago and wanted to take over the planet. And so he's like, yeah, that actually, yeah, I'm I'm really mad because my entire <laughs> life is a lie, and uh, and I'm, I've I've been I've been feeling the urge. <laughs> so so yeah, let's let's do it. Let's let's just try to take over the planet. Um, and so, like, that that kind of storytelling was very interesting to me. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was kind of the first time I really saw that mm. happen. Uh, but also, all the music surrounding this guy is great. It's all great. It's all really creepy and really atmospheric. And his theme song, which plays when you kind of, when you fight him for the last time, has mm. become an iconic piece of music. Yeah. But to this day, the opening still makes me start every time I hear it because it's just, it's so effective at, be, at, at like doom music of being <laughs> like, we're all about to die. <laughs> this is the music that plays when, you know, the heavens split open and the armies, you know, the, the armies of good and evil clash for the final time. You hear that opening and you're just like, oh, oh, oh no. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm I'm just a dude. Oh, oh man, I gotta I gotta get out. <laughs> you think we should go to the basement or? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this, weren't we? After after the show on Saturday, we were talking about like what what is it like to be just like an like a regular guy? Yeah. Like 
you know, in 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 the middle of of, of all these events, you know, <laughs> you're you're walking down. You like you finished your twelve hour shift at the box factory, and now you know you get into your really tiny little car or what have you, or you're packed sardine like into a train, and then like a bunch of terrorists show up. Yeah, and they're like, we gotta we're gonna bomb this 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 uh this this factory here, but we gotta take this train there, and it's yeah. like, <laughs> and uh, like Final Fantasy VII where you. You play as, and they have good reasons, but you do start out as eco-terrorists. Yeah, yeah. But there's, like, very few cars, so they're like, quick, get on the subway. Yeah. They heavily monitored camera, like, CCTV-enclosed subway. Put on these disguises while you're on the train. Imagine you're some 40-something salaryman and this huge black dude with a gun for an arm. <laughs> like, it's like, excuse me, excuse me. I just need to get to the rail here. Also, also a guy with a sword strapped to his back. Yeah. just as tall as he is and about as wide as well. Yeah. Like, you... And the thing is that you, you're like, what do you do? And I'm like, I know what I do. I don't say anything, no. and I don't make eye contact. And if they say, "Can I sit here?" I say yes, and I, I immediately yeah. get up and move. I, I've lived, I've, I've lived long enough in major metropolitan cities to know that you move your bag <laughs> if someone like that wants to sit down, and, and then you just, you just look at the floor, yeah, you're looking, or, or you're looking at the maps. Oh my, oh my, stop's coming soon. I should stand up and get closer to the door. Yeah, yeah. Or you just go. You know what? This, this is it. I'm, I'm fine. I'll, you know I'll walk. I'll walk gotta, the twelve blocks. I should walk. Yeah. yeah. You know, I need the exercise. <laughs> you know. And you're walking down the street, and all of a sudden, like, like you know, these two dudes with their giant swords are having like a, a, a like a fight in the sky. Yeah. Where they like run up the sides of two buildings, and then they jump, and like they're clashing swords in the middle of the sky. And you're like, I just, I'm just trying to get home. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to get home here. You know, I'm missing King of Queens. <laughs> I. <laughs> So this is what happens when you when you're a kid you're like oh wow I'm the hero when you're an adult you're like how do they pay for insurance in yeah, worlds like this yeah. <laughs> So so with that in mind we are going to get to um to the music of Sephiroth. Uh we're going to be playing some of that in a moment but first um what is coming up next um uh, Katie my love well, uh, what's coming up next is some music from um, a movie called Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, and that movie came out because people really love this game, and there was a big demand about, like, we want a remake, and that, the remake didn't happen for a long time, but, you know, this movie came out, and people were like, oh, you know, like, it's a continuation of the story, and it is. The movie's not great. Mm. I, I, I will say right now, the movie's not great. The plot is kind of weird, um, but the music that came out of it was very, very good. Um, because because that's what Nobuo Uematsu does. He makes really good music. Uh, so the music that we're listening to here is called The Promised Land, and it's it's basically like these these clones of Sephiroth are all trying to like kind of get back to him as their leader. It's it's in the game it's very creepy. You will run into people who are wearing like black shrouds, and like they keep saying really cryptic things, and it's and the the, the, the creepiness level just amps up the more you go and so to see them show up in this movie is like oh my god <laughs> well, let's go ahead and play that one right now
every day, BFF.FM strengthens communities across our region by sharing superb music with everyone. Music to connect people with each other and the community they're part of. Carefully curated programs on BFF.FM enrich and engage with music you know and surprise you with music new to your years. Music on BFF.FM just makes any day better. Your donation to BFF.FM is an investment in the power of music to uplift, to connect all of us together. Please take a moment now to invest in the power of music at BFF.FM.
lots of really great songs there. You are listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard a four-song set, three of those songs related to one of the best video game villains of all time. That's right, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. So we started that off with The Promised Land that came from the... Uh, soundtrack for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, uh, performed by Distant Worlds, music from Final Fantasy. After that, you heard Genova Complete, which is the song that plays at the end of Final Fantasy VII when you are fighting Genova, one of two bosses, and just when you think that it is over, down comes the one-wigged angel, the the terrifying final form of Sephiroth. Uh, now, Genova Complete came from Distant Worlds, as did One Winged Angel. And then after that, you heard a fantastic medley of Battle and Victory theme music, uh, appropriately titled Back Battle and Victory Theme Medley, and that came from Distant Worlds 3. Mm. Um, so just a, a really you know, fun, fascinating look at some of the music that gets you you know, pumped up during these games, but also it's kind of meant to... to, to scary a little bit yeah to intimidate yeah i mean i mean one winged angel is is one of those great teams like you could put that you know it it just so happens to be from a video game it could be from any form of media it would it would work in you know in any movie or tv show just to hammer home this this guy is dangerous yes and what's really interesting about that theme is that it's it's been reworked several times in several for several different uh pieces of media including mm. uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake but also in Advent Children they do um, a version with different lyrics oh yeah because um, fun fact One Wing and Angel actually takes a lot the original version uh, from O Fortuna oh, uh, yeah. by Carl Orff um, including uh, Source Imanis et Inanis which comes from O Fortuna it means fate is monstrous and empty oh, and, yeah yeah <laughs> um, and also some of the some of the musical like you know motifs that you hear um, are kind of calling back to O Fortuna so mm. kind of fun way for, for um, Nobu Uematsu to pay tribute clearly to a composer who inspired him mm. uh, but um, in uh, Advent Children I believe the, the lyrics translate to like never just in memory or something like that like setting up the fact that that as long as as cloud strife the hero of final fantasy 7 and his friends are running around trying to save the world sephiroth will always come back to challenge them nice yeah <laughs> um so it's funny we, we we meant to play music from other games as well uh but we got so caught up in this that we didn't really get a chance so we're going to have to try to come back to those in in a future episode i think but i'm kind of uh i'm kind of glad that we we spent as much time as we did um on uh on final fantasy and that we were able to play so much music from distant worlds i think it's a it's a wonderful project it's it's a wonderful uh series and i hope that um hope that they get to continue to uh record just fantastic uh orchestral uh symphonic uh choral versions of uh, some of this truly amazing music yeah i know the composer himself or the arranger i should say not the composer mm -hmm. uh actually said that he was looking forward to doing stuff from uh Final Fantasy, more stuff from Final Fantasy Remake and uh, Final Fantasy, what the Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, the the new one Interregnum. I can't remember what oh, it's yeah. called. Oh yeah, oh Interregnum. Yeah, that's it. it. it no, it's is it? It's not Interregnum, but I. It's it's something else. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go look it up. In the meantime, we're gonna leave you one final track. Uh, this comes from, of course, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, it is called Those Chosen by the Planet. 
Destiny Comes, and it's another favorite of Katie's. It's terrifying. (laughs) Until next week, you have a great week. Take care. We love you. Make art. Love life.